What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode number 65. Today, with my good friend and buddy, Luke Justin Roberts, otherwise known as the LJR. He's, uh, like I said, one of my longtime friends, bandmates, and uh, definitely former guest of the show. He's been working on a solo album for a little while now, and is finally releasing a new song called I Can't Say, which is featured on this episode, and you'll hear it momentarily. Like I said, uh, Luke's album's been in the works now for a couple years, and uh, he's certainly been building the suspense. Uh, I've been rising him a little bit about taking his time, but uh, nothing wrong with being meticulous. And I know a lot of people are looking forward to his new songs, so hopefully you dig it. I know Luke is excited to finally get him out there for sure. Um, I figured I'd get him back on the show for a little bit and just kind of get a quick chat in about it. Uh, we also happen to be playing a show together uh, May 8th at Fishhead Cantina here in Baltimore. Uh, socially distanced and masked up and all that. Luke will be on the drum kit for that, uh, as it is my band in particular. But uh, anyway, we just kind of talked about what he's been up to and uh, all that stuff. You can find Luke's new song on iTunes, Spotify, and the usual places you might stream music. So feel free to subscribe or follow or any of that stuff. It helps build the following and, you know, helps build a little uh, momentum. As always, thank you for supporting local music. We all definitely appreciate it. Um, whether you're friends or fans of Luke's, he definitely appreciates it as well. Um, hopefully you yourself are doing all right out there. Seems like uh, summer's just around the corner, finally starting to warm up around here, which uh, usually means, you know, music and shows and all that stuff, uh, even in this brave new world which we find ourselves. Um, I'm not sure which part of the world you may be listening, but at least here on the east coast of uh, America, things seem to be getting a little back to normal, which is good. Um, but yeah, really without further ado, the LGR. time I think of how it used to be From time to time I think of how I thought I could see How I thought I knew How everything was gonna go and play out tomorrow Dude, have uh, what's how have you been? I haven't uh, talked to you since our little cookout action. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, things are starting to get back to normal, so really can't complain. You know, getting ready for yeah. summer. A few gigs lined up, so obviously you're a part of a couple of those. Which yeah, man, should be fun. Get the old gang back together a little bit. Yeah, is uh, Andrew playing any of those? Yeah, he's playing at least one. So nice. Uh, I guess it'll be sort of a reunion gig, as it were, on the 8th. Yeah. But should Sweet. be fun. But yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, your days of pretending to be a pop star are coming to an end. Hmm. You may now have to officially, you know, become one. 
Dude, it's terrifying, right? Well, I mean, not if the song's good, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's always going to be more areas to uh, to grow and develop and to face my own internal fears. I think um, I think this last year has been, or well, last couple of years have been interesting in that there was a lot of internal stuff that I just needed to work through. And now that stuff seems to have been largely worked through. So, you know, on on the on the surface, um, a lot of the objective markers of progress are a little bit harder to see in terms of the music release. Um, but I feel much better about where things are now um, internally, and I feel like that's flowing out into the other aspects of my my music stuff. So we'll see how things continue, but that's that's how it's feeling. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, right on. I mean, it's it's hard to uh, monetize or let's just say measure the stats on personal growth sometimes, you know, it's yep. like your own internal struggles. There's just not a lot of data points there, I guess, that you can really chart out. So, right. I mean, if, if there is, it's made into a digital model already by uh, Zuckerberg that he'll probably sell back to you someday if you want it. Yeah. But yeah, right. Yeah. You know, that's a different different topic, I guess. So, mostly it's just good to see you're, you know, getting out there. You're uh, making the big step here. Finally released Thanks, some dude. music, man. So. Yeah, man, I'm I'm pumped about it. Um, you know, it's been three, I guess, three years um, since I released the original, like self-produced, self-mixed version of this um, on YouTube, uh, which I just recently, a couple weeks ago. I uh, did take that down, made it private, so that this will be like kind of the version that's out there. Yeah. So, we'll see. Lots, lots left to do this week to prepare, but I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I just um, finished up the working with my PR agent for the bio stuff, um, and she's going to start promoting it to blogs and trying to get interviews and stuff like that um, on Friday. So, and that's when the Spotify playlist pitching promo starts so i have no idea what's going to happen i i hope that people like it but we'll see yeah i mean i feel like it's not the sexiest topic in the world but i know you're putting a lot of effort into the pr and uh usually you're pretty good at it so i guess it'll be interesting to see kind of you know taking the reins away from your own self uh for lack of a better term there, kind of handing it over a little bit to somebody else and kind of seeing where they help you or where they take it will be a little different yeah. than maybe in the past where I think that you're, you and Daniel are the ones kind of normally handling a lot of the, uh, you know, the marketing. Yeah. So in this case, um, I'm still using my same engine that I was using before with the automated system to bring in new fans. Um, yeah. so that's still going to run, but, um, the PR is more so like pitching specifically to blogs, um, or to different press, um, to try to get more, just more people writing about it, more notoriety around it so that I can, you know, share blog articles with my fans, um, and hopefully try to get that verified check mark because, you know, I'm, I guess, legit enough that I've been written about or whatever. Right. Um, apparently those things are pretty, are very important when I've tried to get verified before, um, it's always come back with, well, there's not enough, you know, about you as an artist, um, or as much of anybody to be worth anything of note, right? Um, and that's, you know, very fair. Um, so getting enough press around it helps with that. From my understanding, that's the main function of it, is to kind of control that brand perception and to get 
more general notoriety around your work. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't actually bring in a whole lot of new fans necessarily. Or if it does, um, unless you have some other system set up, um, like the automated system um, that I have built, it won't actually keep them um, there. So like, you know, if somebody listens to my music from a blog post, you know, well, let's let's back up. Let's say that the blog has, you know, 10,000 followers, right? Only a small percentage of them will actually read. So let's say they got a good open rate on their email list of 30%. Yeah. It's 3,000 people. Of those people, how many people will like, you know, my style? I don't know. Let's If we say we're lucky, then maybe 1,000. Of those people, how many will like my music in that style? Probably a third, maybe. And yeah. then of those people, how many people will actually listen? Of those people, how many will actually follow and sign up for, you know, my email list or whatever? So how many actual mm-hmm. people do I get from one blog post to 10,000 people is probably very small, um, which is why I haven't a system that allows you to connect regularly with your fans and keep all their contact information in one spot so you can promote new releases is, is so critical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess if you can approve a uh, thing in the syndicate, I forgot to uh, drop a post in there for people so they can ask you questions while okay. we're talking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to pop something in there. Oh, nice. Yeah, get, given that there's 15... 15- hundred people in there i figured somebody will probably say something yeah man i just uh so, just approved it so cool let's hope that yeah. uh so i'll just keep an eye on that i'm sure uh you know sure antoinette needs to get in there yeah yeah but uh but yeah man that's exciting so you know have a big uh big shindig now that you're getting vaccinated too and all that maybe throw a little release party i'm sure somewhere down the road um yeah man that's the plan i gotta figure out um i think i mean probably for the 30th i haven't planned anything it'd be nice to have some sort of celebration uh, but i don't know what i'm gonna do yet um i did yeah. i did get my second shot uh last week so okay um you know the the night the day of it was i was totally fine and the night of i got like the body aches and chills a little bit of a fever and stuff next day yeah. i was pretty groggy but you know the following day i was totally fine um so yeah hopefully life will be pretty much back to normal um in just a couple days now sweet yeah man so, look forward to it and seeing uh, you I haven't seen you and daniel and uh at least a year and a half probably feels like but uh right yeah we'll see um yeah i guess given that this is still one song of many you know, uh, I imagine you probably have them scheduled to release, what, every month or every two yeah. months? Yeah, the plan right now is uh, once per month. Um, I'm going to try to do a, a music video with each song as well. Um, and we've got all, all the songs are recorded. Um, they're not all mixed. Um, I think the first the first six are, are pretty much done. Um, they still got to be mastered and stuff like that. Um but all that stuff is taken care of uh, for the first couple, which is great. Um, it feels good to have more finished ahead of time instead of trying to finish each one individually. Um, yeah. And since I want to do music videos for each one, it's going to be really helpful just to have all the songs totally done um, and just be able to focus on the video aspect. The last week and a half or so, I came up with the overarching story arc for all the videos. 
And okay. I've kind of come up with some general themes that I think will tie everything together well. Um, and actually, this this last week, I've been acquiring some props. So I got this really cool old typewriter. Uh, it's nice. an Underwood typewriter. It's probably about almost a foot tall. It's got all these you know gadgets and gears and stuff like that on it uh, that just look like really, really cool. Um, so I'm going to work that in there. Um, I think I'd like to get an old telephone as well. Um, just to kind of work in these these interesting uh, ways of um, well, I don't want to go too much into all the the secret uh, plot lines of the, the music video series just yet, but um, suffice it to, suffice it to say, there will be some interesting methods of communication within. So um, it'll be it'll be fun. I'm excited. It'll be interesting to not be behind the camera this time. Yeah, I mean that was probably going to be like the biggest question that I had is like. You know, who's shooting all these things, given, you know, you're uh, no slouch on the production end yourself. So, you know. Yeah. So um, I haven't committed to any particular videographer for the entire thing. Um, And I might, you know, try to I might work with one person for one, work with another for another. But basically right now, the plan is to um, direct and produce and do all the scheduling and that kind of stuff myself. But I'll have somebody else actually there you know for the day to actually do the shooting um unless you know some of it is like stuff that i don't actually need to be in and then you know i might be able to get those shots on a different day um but right now i'm working with um ryan reds uh with indigo republic for the first uh video um so we're just doing a day rate for that uh we're we're probably gonna have two shoot days for this um so we'll see we'll see how it goes but I'm going to do a lot of stuff in the post-production to make it um, more involved than a lot of the projects I've done before with some special effects. Uh, I've been saving a lot of YouTube tutorials um, for a number of years now of different things I liked that people did. Um, So I'm going to see if I can make that work. Um, And putting some sort of sci-fi things in there um, at different moments and, you know see how they can kind of play in to add a little bit of extra to the story yeah so you're giving a little cgi to the fans out there now maybe that's that's the hope yeah yeah. that's the hope taking a big leap here i know right yeah last time i tried to do cgi with like moving your uh your fist in that first video i got it to move a couple couple frames down but um yeah that was uh we, we, we almost got there. We almost got to the point where it was believable. Um, yeah. Or not, you know. Yeah. Got the, got the point across, though, I think. so. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, almost is not, right? Yeah, yeah. whatever. Whatever works, man. Whatever the people yeah. want. I don't know. I definitely don't know yeah. what the people want. But, um, yeah, I mean, it seems like your people are ready you know your fan group and uh for the people who listen who might not know you do have a facebook fan group that uh i don't know it seems pretty festive seems like it has you know people jumping in there you know doing whatever they do just uh talking about themselves or you and uh either way i feel like a lot of bands these days you know don't do that as much but when they do i don't know ties everybody together as one big army kind of in a weird yeah. way. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think you got to be able to stay in touch with your fans and keep that energy going. 
um, when people first find out about your stuff and they like your stuff and they become a fan, you know, you need to keep that relationship and continue engaging with them. Otherwise, the level of interest and, you know, care yep. really drops off. Um, so and, you know, you already have to fight with Facebook's relevance algorithm to stay relevant and all that stuff. So I try a number of different ways to get people to stay engaged. You know, one is just you know, doing a weekly live stream. Um, another is to regularly uh, do merch giveaways just about every week. I have a new giveaway that I do. Um, and then right now I'm trying to a strategy where um, I, uh, every day I post something and I tag, you know, 50 people in the post that haven't seen the group in forever because I wasn't super active while I was making the actual music for the album. So there's about 1,500 yeah. people in the group and only, you know, 25 interact on a particular post. So if I can get people to go through and just look at the group again, that'll make it a little bit more relevant in Facebook's algorithm. And then, you know, when I post yeah. something, um, hopefully they'll see it. And then, of course, yeah. a, a texting list to try to get people to see stuff, too. Yeah. And obviously, even though we know each other, I don't always really have any idea what you're doing on a day to day basis or anything like that. Other than, you know, what I see in the group and stuff. I guess right. I have this sort of impression that the songs are older than all the groups in a way. Like it's like um it's yeah. like you spent a period of time, you know, writing songs, recording them or maybe you've been recording them. I guess I know that much for the last year. But it's like a lot of it was written and then you spent some time kind of uh, you know, cultivating the online uh stuff more. And it almost it's like my impression, but I could be yeah. kind of kind of off on no, you're, you're chronologically. Right. Like, no, you're right. So, um, well, at least at least for most of the songs, I think I'm trying to remember the exact date of the one that's the newest. Um, and I guess depending on how you look at the songwriting process, some of the songs I had written the general idea for, for but then actually finished in terms of all the instrumentation, you know, during the album process. So. The one song mm -hmm. that's a mashup cover, um, it's I think track number seven. You know, it's got uh, um, "God's Gonna Cut You Down" by Johnny Cash and "River" by Bishop Briggs, and then uh, that "Wade in the Water," "God's Gonna Trouble the Waters," "Old Spiritual," mashed up with some of my own stuff. Um, that song really all came together, you know, a couple months ago as Daniel and I were trying to make it into this idea that I had inside my head that I couldn't fully, you know, uh, get everything out for. But the other songs, they span from you know the time I was 19, like the, this opening track coming out on Friday, I can't say that I wrote when I was 19, you know, first having come back from college. Um, and then the other songs are just kind of written throughout the last 10 years. Some of them I wrote most of, some, of, some came together all in an instant. And then some, you know, I wrote over the span of a number of years where... Uh, the one that the one that you always reference, the one that I'm uh, there's this anthemic Jesus part at the end, you know, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> that that <laughs> I started writing. Yeah, <laughs> I started writing that one um, when I was, I think, probably high school or something. Um, it actually started off as this slow dirge, feeling guilty about, you know, my sexuality as a person. Um, just the 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 initial words were like, um, uh Deep in addiction, deep in lust, um, and then the the chorus was like, "Jesus, Jesus, can you save us now?" Right? So yeah. that's that's kind of where that song originally came from. And I never really something always kind of felt off about it. I never finished it um, until years later um, when I was at um, 
in grad school, I was probably 24, 25, I just had this overwhelming feeling that I needed to go write something. And my friend uh, Sarah let me into the, um, the arts building and I got to play on a piano for a night. And this song just came out of nowhere, the entire rest of the song. Um, and then I realized that that line, Jesus, Jesus, can you save us now, fit perfectly <laughs> at the end of that one. I was like, wow, okay, this is the song now. Um, so, you know, it's all over the place. Yeah, that's that about explains it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it still uh, you know gives some credence to my uh, my hypothesis that you will eventually, you know, go full circle and return to the preacher route one day. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Well, Time will tell. To uh, so. to make that um, to to go on that a little bit, actually, one of the things that's been interesting over the past couple weeks as I. Um, kind of was doing all this video scripting and figuring out what do I want to say with these visuals um, through a lot of you know family work and you know therapy and you know, just talking with Daniel and just a lot of self development. Um, you know, for a while I felt like I had to be very like, oh, I'm not a Christian anymore, and that's kind of what this album is about is about my loss of faith. And I realized it's not really so much that that's that is something that was huge and really difficult in my life, but it's. It was really one of um, three kind of placeholders that was giving me a sense of personal identity. And I had these unhealthy ways of relating to all of them. So my um, my relationships, you know, with my family, my relationships with, you know, girlfriends, and then my relationship with God and authority figures in that context. Those are the things I was looking to to give me a sense of knowledge and structure on, around who I am. And... I was just, I was really just too afraid to take that um, for myself and to create that for myself and to embrace my own power over my own life. Um, so in a lot of ways, so, so now the way I look at this whole thing is like, it's a growing up out of that uh, where other people were kind of creating that identity for me and I needed that or thought I needed that to taking it for myself um, and maturing in that way. Um, so that's that's been very freeing, honestly, to not feel like I have to be like, you know, anti-church or, you know, that or anti, you know, Jesus or anything like that um, as any sort of, you know, primary, this is who I am or this is what my album's about. Because I know that can be alienating for a lot of people, but to recognize and instead that it's more of a, a transformation from, um, you know, having other, feeling like you need other people to tell you who you are, to feel okay, to really claiming that for yourself and creating your own identity, taking that power. Yeah. Yeah, and I think probably even more broadly speaking, like when it comes to telling your own tale, your own story, like, I don't know, man, you're probably as forward and out there and then just uh, vulnerable as anybody I know. And I guess that's a part of the way you want to tell the story. And I think for a lot of people, you know, to some degree, it may not matter what the subject is as much as the way you tell it, because it, you know, comes across... I would think is more honest, but yeah, um, you never know. But nonetheless, I think that you know harping on that is good. I think you know people so far have seemed to gravitate to it at least online. Again, you might be the like the most famous musician, non-musician that I know, at least <laughs> through the through the uh, online presence because <laughs> you know you built uh, you're building the hype machine, man, and I think even more so for people who aren't friends or fans of you 
who don't know you who might uh, listen to this podcast, like, you know, they might be interested to kind of check in on you and your page and your music and what you're doing because it's like, I don't know, man. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of the trend. I mean, the front of the trend. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know if you're cutting edge yet or not. I'm not even that plugged in. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I... I feel like I appreciate that first off, but I, I also I found that you know no matter no matter how well you're doing or how much on the cutting edge you think you are, there's always there's always something else to learn. Um, there's always something else that you want to adjust to and eventually bring into your your toolkit. Um, and if you if you don't you know adopt that way of doing things, it seems to me that you'll always kind of either be behind or you'll never like kind of catch any of the waves as they're happening. Um, where you can get a lot of momentum. So, I mean, I, I regularly feel like I'm I'm pretty far behind. Um, even though one of the PR agents I talked to told me he thought I was like the smartest musician that he had ever talked to from a business standpoint, and I was kind of shocked about that. I mean, it was nice to hear that, but I was kind of surprised because he's been in the industry for a long time. Um, so, I know that musicians are typically not business people or not strategy focused in that way. They kind of just want to do the music, but. Um, I don't know. I, I, I typically well, feel like there's so many trends to, to keep up with. Yeah. It's just impossible to keep up with all of them, you know? Yeah, you probably just didn't show them your bank account statement. So he right. probably, <laughs> probably didn't well, know. Actually, but. Right, right. I mean, in, in terms of music stuff, I mean, that's always an ebb and flow. This past month, actually, since I've really been pushing things and, um, you know, regularly going live and I just, you know, did the poster launch. Um, and there's like a, a jewelry, you know, upsell with that if people want to. Um, I've seen my Patreon numbers go up. I'm at about $600 a month on Patreon. Um, just this last week, I uh, sold $700 in new merch sales with the new launch. And then um, last month's pa- last month's Patreon, because of uh, the fact that some people pledged yearly at a $17 a month rate, the total amount that came in from Patreon was somewhere around one to $1,000 to $1,300. And then people bought two, piece, two pieces of custom jewelry, which are like, $200 each. So overall, my music yeah. actually brought in like $2,300 last month, which was crazy. It's, and of course, like crazy. it costs stuff to keep everything running, but that's the most I've ever made in one month from my music before. So hopefully that trend will continue. We'll, we'll see. Right. Um, but feeling pretty positive. Again, about it. again without really uh, releasing a ton of music yet. So kind of crazy, right? I mean, yeah, I think, I think that is the business sense, the savviness. You know, it's definitely a, a touch of salesman in there for sure. But yeah, you, know. you definitely gotta push your stuff for sure. One yeah. other thing that's that's been cool, I've been pitching my music to some different sync agents. Um, uh, if anybody's listening who doesn't know what that is, that's basically somebody who pitches your music to commercials or TV or film um, anywhere that might use it. You know, in that kind of world and synchronize your music to another piece of artwork. Um, and you get you can get paid a lot for it. It's very hit or miss in terms of whether or not your music will, you know, be the right fit um, for whatever the person is pitching it for. So you never really know what you're going to make. Um, but one of my sync agents did find a couple opportunities they're going to pitch my opening song to. Um, so we'll see. They said that they they had a they had three they wanted to, sh- to pitch it to and a fourth one that they think they could pretty much just get, which you never know, like. I, I'm going to wait till the money hits my account to, to know anything about that. But um, it was pretty cool. They said they think they can get it in uh, Giant 
like the grocery stores, like the background music. Apparently, they're always looking for new songs for that. And it would pay like a hundred bucks a month, but I was just more excited about having my music in giant, yeah, <laughs> having my be, song playing in there would be dope. Yeah, that would be wild. Yeah, yeah, so. man. Big things. Um, when's the first show? So um, hopefully within a couple months. But that's that's the other thing I've got to do is get an actual band together, uh, figure out what I want to do for that. I don't know if everybody is on board from before. Um, or what we're going to do. So got to figure that all out and um, then have the practices and, you know, make sure I'm actually ready to go do that. And then actually book the show. So we're probably still a couple months out. Um, yeah. I'd like to start practicing soon, but that's going to, you know, it's going to take some time to find the right people, I think, to be able to do everything yeah. on the album. Yeah. You'll get it going eventually. You know, you build it, they will come. So. Yep. Um. We got a, a couple questions here dropped in on the on the syndicate. Uh, oh, sweet! We got uh, Lori Ritter, who asks, uh, "What kind of formal musical training have you had, if any?" So, you may have answered this before, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, I had a drum teacher back in I don't know when I was probably around eight or so uh, for a couple years. <coughs> And then I think I had a second drum teacher after that for a while. Yeah. Um, and then it was just kind of learning on my own for a long time, trying to you know, listen to songs and learn the parts, mainly for church. Um, and then singing wise, I've had a couple of different vocal teachers over the years. Um, one was uh, this guy named Eric. I know you've also worked with him, Brett, and he was he's a really good guy over at Catholic University. Um, there's another teacher that I had, <coughs> excuse me, that I had briefly. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, this is bad. I can't remember her name. <coughs> Eileen. Eileen. That's it. Um, and yeah. then I was dating uh, this girl for a while. It was a fantastic singer. So she gave me a couple lessons. Um, and then I, you, most of the development I feel like has come from um, this online music course I took called Ken Amplin's Vocal Academy. Um, and he teaches a lot of really cool stuff. <coughs> excuse me. That I found to be really helpful and transformative for my voice. In terms of getting good support and building my range, um, but I've also and and while I would want to promote his course, I've also heard that he like can be sometimes a total just dick to people. Um, like one of my friends posted just an honest review about what he thought of his singing um, course, which was like it you know it's it's got some good stuff, but it didn't really seem to help me very much. And then apparently his lawyer like threatened him on wow. the channel. It was like, well, we'll sue you, you know, if you don't take this down. That's and crazy. that was just kind of, <clears throat> yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. Um, so I don't know. I, I love what he teaches, um, but I was kind of shocked to hear some of that stuff. So I don't know. But maybe that's just hearsay. Maybe he's actually a great dude. Yeah, I think uh, for the sake of this podcast episode, we'll uh, say, you know, he's doing some good things. Yeah, Down I mean, he's the, definitely transformed my voice, uh, and I'm really grateful for that. So Yeah, not uh, look. Not trying to, you know, be checking my mail afterward for this one. I know, right? So, um, <laughs> we could delete that well, part if you want to. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I guess kind of thinking about the uh, the frontman angle and uh, singing is, you know, you're, uh, you're putting the boots on for the first time, as it were, getting up there front and center, you know? Kinda, yeah, dude. It's kind of a different thing. I know that you're uh, obviously a very good drummer. 
and pretty confident from everything I've seen as far as singing and drumming. You know, it's this whole separate uh, skill set. So I guess we'll kind of see what your comfortability is like, you know, jumping up there. Oh, dude, I, I honestly, like, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also, like, hella nervous about it. Because um, yeah. I've, I still remember the first time I, I stood in front of people and sang um, at CPR, my old youth group. And man, my legs literally were shaking. I couldn't stop them from shaking. Like, and yeah. not like, you know, like a little bit. It was like, that. like that kind of thing. So I'm sure yeah. my, my legs were just moving to the music. But man, it was, it was terrifying. Um, and my voice tends to like close up a lot of the time when I sing in front of other people because of that. Um, but I'm working on it, man. I'm getting the practice in. Um, I actually have a mirror from my old um, drawer or my old uh, dresser right here. Uh, in my living room with a little mic stand so I can see it's a full body mirror so I can see like how do I look do I look dumb you know what am I what am I doing wrong and I'm I'm expecting to feel really awkward like the first five times and have to work through that and you know mess up a ton of stuff and it's gonna be painful so we should be looking forward to some uh, Michael Jackson moves and and the whole nine for the first show exactly breaking it out exactly alright you know so uh you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to, but uh, Andrew Keenan asks, how many years does it take for someone to buy milk? Wondering if 15 years is normal or if the place my dad went to is just slow. <laughs> you know, um, I will say my, my mom has bought many a gallon over the years uh, for my family. Um, we, we used to drain seven gallons a week uh, before Thursday. And it would always like magically show up. So maybe she ordered them 15 weeks in advance. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but as far as I can tell, it, it does seem like it's a little late. Um, but you know, I mean, everybody's different, and, and everybody's opinion is is valid. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, asking the tough questions here on the on the syndicate in the group, That's right? But they don't pull punches. Yeah, no, especially not in those live streams, man. It's uh, it's good to jump in there once in a while and see all the chatter, you know. Yeah, got to give uh, Antoinette those shout-outs, and uh, she's always kind of chirping everybody else. So it's uh, it's true. It's a uh, it's a party in there sometimes. Yep. Yeah, she's uh, pretty awesome. I'm really grateful for everybody in the syndicate. It's interesting transitioning to like using the word syndicate instead of fam, like it used to be. But I like I do like it better. I feel like it's more of the vibe I'm going for, like an underground kind of feel. <laughs> One of my friends was like, you know, it sounds kind of like a cult. Yeah, that's um, what I was about is... to say. You could just change it to the LGR cult if you want. <laughs> well, I thought it was kind of funny given my my upbringing in the church and everything. And, you know, I never looked at my youth group as a cult, even though people said it was. And for years I was like, no, it's not a cult. It's just we're, we're not a cult. Cults are bad. This is good. <laughs> and looking back, I'm like, it was totally a cult. Um you know, we're even like, you know, hammering nails onto a cross with, uh, you know, this person whose, you know, blood has been spilt everywhere for us and like worshiping, you know, that person. And I'm not to not to, you know, bash religion in that sense. It's just it is interesting to notice how we look at, you know, other religions with like this. That's how could they believe that? That's so terrible. There's blood sacrifice and stuff like that. And then when it comes to ours, we're like, well, of course, it's beautiful. And, you know, and <laughs> this is, it's very, very interesting. Our, our very strong lenses on. Hey, hypocrisy is the backbone of dogma. 
So, you know. <laughs> but that's good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's something else I was thinking about. Oh yeah, you kind of inspired me, I guess, because you know I started a group for the podcast. So, calling Sweet. it the uh, the alumni. So, you know, some of your uh, habits are, I guess, uh, wrinkling off on me a little bit. So sweet. Trying to follow. Love to the hear lead. that. Follow the lead here. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get you in uh, for the the farm show this summer. We'll see. That'd be great. Yeah, hopefully I can get I some feel, people together by then. I feel like I texted you about it, but if I didn't, my bad. It's, I mean, uh, I've definitely heard about it either through you or through Felix or somebody. So yeah, or in the group. So mm-hmm. if I didn't send you the official text, obviously. You know, let me know what you're doing. I'm not saying everybody's yep. got to play a full-blown three-hour set by any means. If anything, it's going to be more like people are getting a half hour <laughs> at this rate. Yep. So, I don't know. Should be fun, though. Yeah, cool. You know, get some kegs, get some yeah, food. Man. Yeah, Should dude, shoot me the dates, and I will. Uh, I should be able to make it. I don't think I... I have very little plan for the summer. The only thing right now is my, my aunt just asked me about um, my uncle's birthday soiree on august 28th um <laughs> promising lots of alcohol so yeah right on when is that are you allowed to talk about that publicly or is that uh... oh that's uh that's august 28th um so okay i mean i'm not i'm not playing it it's just like invitation to it um let's see yeah soiree so all right well i'm sure i'll see something about it in the uh in the group chatter i would hope um thought we got another question we did not um oh we do no i thought we did but we didn't okay i jumped the gun on that one no worries no worries so, but yeah man you've uh officially become definitely the most uh what would it be just uh you've been on this podcast most times for sure so sweet I, i've already <laughs> lost track it's probably three or four at least so yeah, I think it's I think we're about there. I appreciate yeah. you having me on, man. It's uh, it's cool to to kind of check in once every once in a while and um, catch up with you and share what's going on. So I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. You uh, you get some streams and your people seem to dig it. So why not? Sweet. Only thing that only thing that's kind of funny about this go round, I guess, is uh, even though we're video chatting, you know, from a few miles away, I guess uh, you know, the next one we should be able to do probably in person. You would think. Oh, yeah. Totally. I'm down. All right, dude. All right, man. Looking forward to hanging soon, having you over. Yeah, man. It's glorious outside, so hopefully you get out there for a run. Definitely, man. Yeah, I'm down. All right. See you. All right, dude. Peace. I wish that I could show you that it's all okay. But the truth is that I don't So, yeah, I want to thank the LJR for coming on the episode. And uh, I want to thank you for listening, of course, if you made it this far. Once again, the song that you're hearing in the background is called I Can't Say, which just came out today. And uh, you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and a bunch of other places that I probably am not even aware of. So, yeah, uh, have a good week. Alright, one day we'll wake up 
Everything 